Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Time. Now notice, first, the Apostle John speaks of that Antichrist, that, the definite article, that Antichrist. And then he speaks of many Antichrists, plural, in the same verse here, 1 John 2.18. We're going to talk about Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, and what does that really mean? Well, Antichrist means in place of or against Christ. In its most basic form, anti meaning in place of Christ. Any teaching that is in place of the record we've been given in Holy Scripture of Christ, the Son of the living God, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, is Antichrist or in place of Christ. And I really want to draw that distinction. Anyone who believes anything, especially in the essentials, such as the biblical truth that is recorded in Holy Scripture, that Jesus Christ is God, and God was manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16, is an antichrist. Now, many times we have the cults, Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons, etc., and how they openly deny that Jesus is the Christ, and that he is God, he is divine, and those are very obvious antichrists. In fact, Sister Cassandra called today, and some, I believe it was Jehovah Witnesses, came, came at her with that false gospel, and it sounded like she just did a phenomenal job ministering and preaching Christ to them. That's what Christianity is all about, Christ and relationship with him. And throughout the book of Acts, we see that the earliest believers preached Christ. Let us preach Christ by preaching the record of God, the record, record, that which is recorded of him in Holy Scripture, 1 John 5, 10, and 11, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record, that which is recorded, that God gave of his Son. And we call this, the study of Christ, we call Christology, the study of Christ. And that means seeking God by studying Christ. So many times in the modern church, regrettably, saints, the whole message is about you and me, and how we can cope a little better in this life, instead of preaching and studying Christ and all that Scripture says of the Redeemer himself, the Messiah. In fact, the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ is the central theme of all of Scripture. He is the Savior.
sacred substance of the scriptures. He is revealed. He is the word of God. Jesus said, search the scriptures, for in them you will learn about me. John 5, 39. They are they which testify of me. There's a whole teaching there. The scriptures reveal Christ. And if we're not seeing Christ and learning more about him and to know him better from the Holy Scriptures, then we cannot possibly be being grounded in Christ. And that's what we have as an epidemic of false teachers who have invaded the church world today and are leading or misleading, I should say. And they're not upholding Christ, Colossians 2.19, 2, 18 and 19. They're not holding Christ up as the head. They're not elevating him. They're not preaching him because it's really not about Christ to them. It's all about their own ministry in themselves, you know, obtaining illicit gain from being in the ministry, regrettably. If it was about Christ, it would be preaching Christ. Amen. Verse 11, 1 John 5, and this is the record that God had given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Back to 2.18, the spirit of Antichrist, that's something, a term we see in 1 John 4.3. So far, we're just in the book of 1 John. Saints, I encourage I highly encourage you to study that book word for word, verse for verse, five chapters, absolutely amazing. Some would call it the book of absolute. 1 John 2.18, little children, it is the last time. Now that term, last time, appears four times in Scripture. Last time appears four times in Scripture. And two of those times are right here in 1 John 2.18. Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. This was obviously, from what John says here, they have already heard of Antichrist and that he shall come. So this was a, a major biblical topic of discussion and preaching among the earliest saints and followers of Christ. They had already heard. In fact, he's talking to little children, I believe it is here. He's addressing, yes, right at the beginning of the verse, little children. So even younger believers should understand that Antichrist is coming. There is going to be an Antichrist. One of the passages you may want to look at is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which gives much information about him, and we might visit that passage here in just a moment, concerning the definite article of the Antichrist. Now, then he says, after he says, you have heard that Antichrist shall come, he says, even now, notice the time frame, presently are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Verse 19, they went out from us, these many Antichrists, notice they were among them, otherwise they couldn't have gone out from them. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, that is, one in Christ, they they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. That's 1 John 2, 18 and 19, our central passage in this message. Notice they went out from us. At the time, you'll notice, that they went out from the Apostle John and the believers he's speaking of here and to, they were not of them, but could have been of them previously and have since departed from the faith or fallen away, as we see many doing in fulfillment of prophecy where 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2 says that some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. See, there are many 
because they are not being grounded in the Word of God by their own obedience to the Lord, and the lack of sound biblical teaching from the elders they currently sit under, they are falling away. We have, we're seeing that all around us. Recently, Joshua Harris, he wrote a book called Kiss Stating Goodbye about 20 years ago. He's now denounced Christ. He's denounced being a Christian openly and blatantly. He's apologized to the sodomite community for exposing them biblically in his past. He's pulled in, in his books. He's pulled his books, etc. Now, some may argue that he was never a Christian, and some may say, as I would, that he was a Christian and he fell away from the faith. And we have both possibilities in the parable of the sower in the Word in Luke 8, 11 through 15, where the first soil does not get saved. The second soil does get saved and falls away, verse 13. So they went out from us he says, and both scenarios seems very possible, not only by interpreting Scripture with Scripture, as we are to do, 1 Corinthians 2.13, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but also notice the wording, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Okay, so they departed. William McDonald's of this passage says, when the Antichrists, and John had said here there are many of them, but he says, when the Antichrists departed from their fellowship with true believers, they were not in a saving relationship with Christ. I agree with that. The only reason why you leave the body of Christ is because you've already left Christ. You can't reject any member of the body of Christ, the true body of Christ, without first rejecting Christ. And Jesus speaks to that when he says, Inasmuch as you've done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Matthew 25, he also says, Inasmuch as you did it not unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it not unto me. Matthew 25, at the judgment. So William McDonald's in Life in the Spirits, study Bible says, when the Antichrist, that John's speaking of here, departed from their fellowship with true believers, they were not in a saving relationship with Christ. This allows for two possibilities. Number one, they were never true believers to begin with. Or number two, they had once been in a saving relationship with Christ, but afterward abandoned their faith in Christ, unquote. Amen. And there's no way that you can read the New Testament thoroughly and honestly without acknowledging that there's a possibility of falling away after being saved. The Galatians fell away. They left Christ for the law, and they fell from grace. Galatians 5, verse 4, they were under the spirit of witchcraft by submitting to it the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Okay, Jesus taught that after you save, you can, quote, fall away. Luke eight thirteen. it must be possible, otherwise the Son of God is a liar, and I would never agree with that, by the grace of God, Jesus Christ is the truth. And if he said you could fall away, it must be possible. And common sense, the you know, the common sense God gave us to read his word and decipher it could can understand and should understand that you cannot fall away from something that you didn't possess or you weren't currently on, as in being on the rock in Christ. So notice that the Antichrist that the Bible speaks of is usually within the professing church. And in this case, in 1 John 2, 18 and 19, we see that they were among the believers and fellowshipping with them, and they departed from them, probably because the Word of God was the topic, of course, in this 
church that was overseen by the Apostle John, and the truth ran them out. Most churches today are run by Antichrist. So the spirit of Antichrist is rampant. It's continually fostered and fed, and it's not going to run anybody out. So that wouldn't be a, a direct illustration, I don't believe, in most modern churches. Again, they're usually run by Antichrist. In fact, let's talk about the spirit of Antichrist and how it operates. The Antichrist spirit opposes Christ under the pretense of representing him and leading his church. You see, the spirit of Antichrist pretends to be representing Christ while it's actually misrepresenting Christ. And one of the ways that Christ is misrepresented is that the record of Scripture is not the sum total script from A to Z of most ministries. They hold loosely to the Bible, but they do use Scripture in order to continue to deceive people because, after all, they're leading people in the way of the Bible, right? They sprinkled in a few scriptures. But you see, that's not what the true New Testament church should be doing. It should be following and studying straight through the script, the divine script, S-C-R-I-P-T. That's the root word for scriptures, amen? The holy scriptures, which the Bible says to study to show, study them, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And notice in the same book of Second Timothy, he says, speaks of the, quote, holy scriptures and how Timothy had known them from a child and they made him wise. And verse 16 of 2 Timothy 3 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, correction, reproof, and instruction in righteousness. So while pretending to to represent Christ under the pretense of being a pastor and a preacher or a Christian author, many are not holding to and simply teaching the Holy Scriptures, and therefore they're teaching another Jesus while pretending to represent the Messiah, the Jesus Christ, and that is tragic. It's most tragic that so many are willing to go to church, if you will, as we call it, and listen to a pastor, but they're too lazy. They do not love the Lord enough. They don't love him at all, actually, if they don't study the scriptures themselves daily. In fact, if you're listening to me now, and I know this may sound harsh, but it's the truth. I believe that if if you're not seeking God daily in his word and in prayer and in the cross, my friend, you've already fallen away. Okay, you've got time, energy, and wherewithal to get up and serve yourself but you can't get up and put God first in the morning, that makes it clear that you are an antichrist. You put yourself before Christ. You are committing spiritual adultery, and you're an idolater. If you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, He, the Lord Jesus Christ, is your first love. First, meaning He's your absolute supreme, the supreme God, the Master, the Lord and Savior of your life. And you put Him first, not yourself, okay? So, Antichrist, there are many among us, as we read in 1 John 2, 18 and 19, where they went out, these Antichrists went out from among them. Notice also in the 20th chapter in the the church at Ephesus, 20th chapter of Acts, look at verse 27, speaking of wicked ones among us, he says, For I have not shunned, Paul says to the Ephesian elders, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Any true minister of Christ or ministry uh, fellowship and outreach is endeavoring to disclose all the counsel of God, all of it, in such 
an authentic representation of Christ does not dodge out what we could call the hard truths of the Bible. Because they do not, they walk in the fear of the Lord, not the fear of man. And they do not avoid and negate teaching things that men might not like because they're not catering to men. They're catering to God. And they don't care if everybody leaves. They're going to please God and obey God by disclosing all the counsel of God. Acts chapter 20 verse 27. Verse 20 also is a sister verse to this one. Paul says, how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. That would be all of the word of God he disclosed, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. So Paul taught everywhere he went publicly and from house to house, holding nothing back of divine truth. Amen. Then again, he says in verse 27, as we pick up here, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all all the counsel of God. And part of all the counsel of God is that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, as we read in the book of 1 John. In fact, right here, in a few verses down from 1 John 2, 18 and 19, in verse 22 and 23, 1 John 2, 22 and 23, who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Then he says in chapter 4, every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. So that spirit of Antichrist refuses to confess that Jesus has come in the flesh. Jesus Christ the Bible says in John 1.14 that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, even the glory of the, the only begotten of the Father. John 1.14. And the record of Jesus Christ is what he's referring to here as he states in this very book. And what is the record of Jesus? Well, that he was born of a virgin. He had to be born of a virgin. That's essential to redemption. He did not have the blood of man. He had the blood of God. Children get their blood from their father. And Jesus Christ, born in the flesh, the word made flesh, dwelling among us, had the blood of his heavenly father, sinless blood, not Adamic, not coming from Adam. In fact, John 1.14 says that Jesus Christ is the only begotten of the father. That's John 1.14. The whole verse says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. You'll notice on safeguardyoursoul.com, if you put in the word begotten into the search box and hit return, you'll find at least three really good posts on this particular topic in the essential nature of Jesus being born of his father in the womb of a virgin. This is a messianic essential and was foretold long before Christ came to the earth and was perfectly fulfilled in the Messiah, who is Jesus Christ, the only begotten of the father. That is an essential of the gospel, and that was prophesied 
satisfied and fulfilled in one and only one man in history, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah, the prophet, in chapter 9, we read, of Christ, who was to come. This was, think about 700 years before Jesus was born. He says, for unto us, born in the flesh, that is, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Notice, the mighty God. He was going to be divine, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So Jesus, it's foretold more than once that he would be born of a virgin and divine. Notice, mighty God. Also, Revelation 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew 1, 23, Emmanuel, he even defines it there and says, God with us. Jesus Christ is divine. Revelation 1 8, Jesus said that he is the all. Mighty. First Timothy 3.15, God was manifest in the flesh. So it's so important, saints, that we study Christ. I mean, after all, it's his word revealing him, and we are to be in a relationship with him. We should be wanting to find out everything we can about him and learn it and walk in that revelation, rooted and grounded in the revelation of Christ and in relationship with him. Back to Acts 20, Paul says he had not shunned to declare unto the Ephesians, all the counsel of God, take heed, he warns now, therefore unto yourselves and unto all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the flock of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood, divine blood. There it is again. God purchased us with his own blood. Verse 29, for I know this, that after my departing shall grievous, grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Notice they're entering in, they're going to enter in among you. John later said there were many Antichrists already among them, and that they had departed from them. So Satan, saints, attacks the very sanctuary of God, Psalm 74, verse 4 and 7. He breathes fire into the sanctuary of the Lord. That's figurative of the strange fire we read about in Leviticus 10, 1 and 2. Something else other than Christ and Christ crucified and glorified and magnified. This is another Jesus, another spirit, and another gospel that the Apostle Paul speaks of in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And it's being peddled by the Antichrist among us. Notice in the instance of 1 John 2, 18 and 19, and here in Acts chapter 20, the Ephesian church, that Paul is warning that grievous wolves would enter in among the saints, not sparing the flock, not sparing the flock. Recently, a good brother in Christ said he, he doesn't agree so much with the divide and conquer, which is a Machiavellian term, so much as we see in scripture how Satan comes within and destroys. And that is the picture we see here in Paul addressing the Ephesians where he warns them that grievous wolves were going to enter in among them, not sparing the flock. And also of your own self shall men arise, he says, 
says, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. That's how concerned Paul was that the Antichrist, these grievous wolves, were going to enter in among the flock of God, that he actually cried literal tears for three years, day and night. Verse 32, we'll close here in this passage. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. The word of his grace, the word of God, is able to do what? It's able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Now, I want to spend just a few minutes as we close here on being established in the Lord. And this is what is so very important, saints, as we see the love of many waxing coal as Jesus foretold. And those who once believed the record that God gave of his son and walked with Jesus are departing from the faith. This should strike the fear of the Lord in every one of us and move us in holy fear to obey and to seek the Lord. Amen. First Chronicles 16, 11. Now seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. I neglected to throw this in about among you. Remember, among Jesus' twelve was one who was a traitor, even Judas, the one who betrayed Christ. So right there within the ranks, if you will, of the 12 original apostles in Christ's ministry who was promised an eternal throne, Matthew 19, 28, kissed the Son of God and then departed from him, if you will, kissed the gate of heaven and then turned and walked away, betraying the very Son of the living God. Okay, so what happened? How did Joshua Harris, who wrote a best-selling Christian book and pastored a church, how did they depart? How did he depart from the faith? How did Judas depart from Christ? As did Joshua Harris, and that's just two examples of so many. The whole book of Jude, it's only one chapter, is all about apostates, those who departed from the faith. How is it that they departed? Did it happen overnight? No, it didn't at all. It happened by a initial neglect and consequently then a continual neglect of basic foundational things that would otherwise have grounded them in Christ and caused them to be more and more deeply rooted in him, but instead they fell away. And Jesus speaks of that in terms of obeying the word of God in the end part of Matthew 7. If we hear the word of God and we obey it, this his teaching is summed up, then our houses are built upon the rock. And when the times of judgment, not only in this world, the storms blow and the, the winds blow and the storms and we're not washed away by them. We're not wiped out because we're deeply rooted in Christ through daily obedience. But those who do not build their house on the rock by obeying Jesus, their house is built on sand. And it's only a matter of time before those houses will be completely washed off of the sand foundation that they find themselves on purposely and intentionally by neglecting to literally put Jesus first in their lives. In light of that, Paul says right here, we just read it in Acts 20, verse 32, God always gives the, the answer, the solution, when he points out and warns us. And here it is in this case, the solution to not departing from the faith, not succumbing to, but rather discerning and rejecting the Antichrist among us, is to be what? To be commended to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to do what? It's able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among 
all them which are sanctified. Amen. That's the answer right there. Paul says, in light of this, those that would seduce the Colossians and mislead them and spoil them, the Apostle Paul says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. He's talking to the church. That's you and I. As we have received Christ the Lord, we are to walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established, deeply rooted in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Then he says this, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, not outside of him, but in him, only in him are you complete, which is the head of all principality and power. Okay, there's so much that can be said on this topic, beloved. We've got a lot of it on safeguardyoursoul.com. I want you also to consider getting the volume, the book called The Original Gospel, which all of the books that are offered on safeguardyoursoul.com are for one reason, and that's to help you to become rooted and grounded, de- ever deepening, more, ever more deep, deeper in Christ. First John 2.24, right after our central passage here, just a few verses later, the apostle writes, let that therefore abide in you, let it remain in you, which ye have heard from the beginning, amen, the gospel, the record that God has given us of his son. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the son and in the father. This is a condition. You must continue in the record that God's given of his son and no other record, no other version in order to continue in the son and in the father. Second John tells us, again, this is the apostle John writing and he says, many deceivers, second John 1, 7 through 11, many deceivers. Remember, he already said there are many antichrists already in the world 2000 years ago. Here he says, second John verse seven, many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves. In other words, gird up your loins, take personal responsibility. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresses, in other words, goes back on God and sin and abides or remains not in the doctrine of Christ, does not continue in that which is recorded in Scripture about Christ, hath not God. You no longer are in Christ. You do not have a relationship with the Father and the Son. Then he says, He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and and the Son. If any, if there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither give him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. So when the Jehovah Witnesses, when those in our very midst do not acknowledge the record that God gave of his Son, including, the, for example, the virgin birth and the divinity of Jesus Christ, then they are antichrist. We are no longer, after they're confronted lovingly and truthfully, we are no longer to fellowship with them or have them into our house. I remember when I was a young believer, the Jehovah Witnesses used to come around on Saturday mornings. And I began, I'd already began learning this verse right here we just read about not letting them in your house. Second John verse 10, receive him not into your house, uh, neither bid him God's be. Don't say God bless you. Don't pronounce the blessing of God on him at all. And so I, as was is my custom, I 
I wanted to say God bless you when I preached the gospel to them and they walked away. But then I said, I actually, I think it came out of my mouth. It's been a long time ago. But I think I said, well, God bless you. Then I said, oh, nope, there's no blessing of God on you. You are cursed to the core. And that false antichrist gospel will not prosper in this neighborhood. So <laughs> I probably overreacted, but the principle of obeying God here, not letting him into your house, neither bidding them Godspeed. This, listen, this is, we're to do this in obedience to God. Because he that biddeth him Godspeed, if you support a false ministry, or you pronounce the blessing of God on those who are his enemies, you will be partaker of his evil deeds. You will be judged by God with him. This is a serious warning. Also, before we close here, it should be noted that many of these antichrists who departed, have already departed from us, one, one thing's for sure, they've departed from the faith, and many of them have not departed from fellowship with other believers. So they're still among us, and they are antichrists. They do not have a desire, and they do not obey God by studying and knowing Christ and the record that God gave of His Son. They are heretics if they reject the record God gave of His Son, 1 John 5, 10 and 11, Titus 3, verse 10. Also, if you notice, you may have noticed that when you talk to a lot of Jehovah Witnesses and even Mormons, you will notice that some of them were grew up in evangelical churches. And then, obviously, some of them were saved. Many of them weren't, but some of them were saved. Well, you can be assured of that, but they departed from the faith. And the reason is because they did not continue in the faith. As we just read in 1 John 2.24, and we see all over the scriptures, that we are to continue in the gospel, in the word of God, which reveals Christ, and whereby we have been saved by the word of the gospel. We must be deeply rooted and grounded in the scriptures, and the scripture revelation of Christ. The word of God cannot get into us unless we get into it. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the word of God. And remember, there's hundreds Hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site and you can use your debit card, PayPal or Patreon and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.